Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Like all healthy snacks. It's like a good Netflix series, isn't it? Just enough to keep me coming back. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, in the 80s when, um, you, ever, you ever read that book, Notting Hill Girl? No, what's that about? It's about when a uh, crack was brought to Notting Hill in the eighties. Yeah, and um, it was written by it was written by a girl who was well, she's a woman now, but she was a girl at the time, and she lived in Notting Hill. And uh, what they did is they gave out loads of free samples of crack to everybody because they knew that it was so good and people were going to get hooked that they'd come back looking for more. I'm familiar with this business model in the drug dealing trade. It's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. standard trick. It's a good, good book. book. It's a good book. Really good book, actually. Heartbreaking. Um, she kind of spirals into like drug addiction after that. Like teenage drug addiction P- gets pretty bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but she's she's all right now. She wrote a book. It's really good. I read it ages ago. I'm paraphrasing a lot of the stuff that goes on in there, but yeah. And we are just around the corner from where it happened as well. Welcome to How to Kill an Hour. Hey. <laughs> you serious? I'm Marcus Bronzy. It was a strong intro, wasn't it? it? I think it was powerful because a lot of people come in big with bombs, sound effects, noises. <laughs> but you just, you did the opposite. Straight in there with some 80s crack references. You came yeah. in conversely. I've got yeah. to say. Uh, welcome Dev to How to Kill an Hour. Hey guys, how's it going? Plenty Hello. of ways to kill some time out there. Right now we're going to kill an hour with somebody who's not been on the show for a little while. No, I've been up to a lot. I haven't been on the show in a while. I haven't been in the podcast realm for even longer. Um, I haven't. I was, I was supposed to be doing a regular, <laughs> a regular podcast, my uh, Dev Talks podcast. It didn't take me long to plug that, did it? Oh, we like less than a minute in. <laughs> Ching! And uh, I did three episodes that I'm very, very proud of. But then, do you know, do, do, do you know what's happened? What okay, happened, bro? Talk to me. Keep the, it real. The Dead Talks podcast is supposed to be me talking to people that I find interesting. Okay, so, so far we've had Trevor Nelson, and um, we've had the uh, uh, Jet from Gladiators. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't call her that. Sorry, her name is Diane. She's very lovely. And but then uh, trying to get guests that I find interesting on the show is proving quite difficult, and there's a lot of pressure to keep putting them out like every week. And I just don't really have that much to say. You know, I wouldn't be able to, I can't put out a regular podcast because I don't have that much to say. I don't really do that much. Um, and then I end up having to harass these poor people online trying to get them to, to, to come on my podcast. For example, there was somebody I, I reached out to, right? And because they don't follow me back on Twitter, everyone can see, 
<laughs> everyone can see this beggy message of do you want to be on my podcast who was it then if, if it's out there and we can find it if we went to no, De- go, dev go, underscore 101 on sure, twitter i'm sure he's busy i'm sure he's just busy yeah um but yeah but uh people every every so often there'll be people who keep asking when's the next podcast coming i am bringing our next one okay but I just want to get a really good one and then bring it out. Okay, so it's my podcast, all right? It's my <laughs> I can bring it out whenever I want. All right? I can never bring it out whenever again. I mean, I it's not like if if they wanted to hear more of Dev, it's going to be hard to get their hands on some more Dev because you've got some news, haven't you, in the radio world? Yeah, you you, you can hear plenty of me. Uh, me and my lovely radio wife, Alice Levine, are now the new sound of weekend breakfast which will now start on a friday on bbc radio one at 6 a.m so we'll be on now friday saturday and sunday it's like a 3d weekend a three-day weekend not actually okay it's just a branding thing some people are a little bit confused there are is it is this a daylight savings thing um are we getting a full day work week no your working days are staying the same and mine are mine are going to be different i feel like radio one is reflecting the mindset of the 16 to 25 extended demographic 1635 radio one listener by saying nobody really does work on a friday they're in party mood i just see it as i technically get to do the radio one breakfast show that's how i'm looking at it and this is obviously a massive step up for me and also alice as well we're very excited about it. it was it was very weird when i found out the news because how these things work is you get told sometimes weeks before this goes to press, before everybody else finds out about it. Sometimes there's decisions that are made and you get told. Uh, there's been a time when I got a show, my five-day-a-week show and one extra many years ago. I knew about it for six weeks before I could tell anybody. And even worse than that, I was covering the show with the person I was going to be taken over from. Yeah, it's actually become a really, really good friend of mine. Shout out to Yare. Uh, does some very cool things with the BFI right now. Uh, so I'd known about that this was maybe a possibility. Maybe it's a possibility that the whole schedule was going to be changing and me and Alice were going to be doing Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Maybe. So I went on holiday to Jamaica for the carnival and I remember it being about three o'clock in the afternoon. I sat by the pool my hotel and I got text going off. It said, we need a quote from you to give to the press about the about a weekend show like oh shit yeah baby oh shit so yeah there's there's worse places i could have been but it was very surreal you know you i'm so i was so far away and you know you never know if these things are going to work out how it's going to go down and you know even though i was with friends and they were really happy for me if it was a very surreal moment for me it's something i've been working towards for so long and to get that news when you're like thousands of miles away, almost on the other side of the world. Yeah, it's it was a bit strange. I mean, it's the best. Is this chair too squeaky, by the way? Not at all. I think that's the best part of the world to be in. It feels Wait, squeaky, are you trying to squeak it? Nah, it's all right. It's all right. I'm fine. I think that's one of the best places to be. That proves that when you're on holiday, a lot of people that work in, 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 a, free, in a freelance industry, I'm going to call your job freelance. I know it's, let's not get into the technicalities, but they work in entertainment. They're scared to go away because they think if I go away, shit won't happen. You've proven when you go away, shit happens. You should take breaks. Take holidays. more holidays. Was yeah. yeah, take as many holidays as you can. Mm, definitely. And also, speaking of holidays, Dev, you're sounding kind of hoarse right now. Oh, yeah. I got, uh, so I should have said this right out of the gate. I really apologize. We just had Radio One's biggest weekend in Swansea. This weekend just gone. It is now, it's Tuesday, right? It's mm-hmm. Tuesday. And uh, 
I, I, I just I always have a good time. That's like our big flagship event that we have every year. And this year we, we did it even bigger. There were multiple different sites, multiple different stations across it. So Radio One was in Swansea. And um, so I, I, I do a bunch of stuff at these weekends. So this year I was involved in doing some of the, the DJing on the main stage, bringing out, I brought out Jess Glynn. I got, I brought out Camila Cabello. And there's this, there's this really weird thing, right? When you're, on stage and you're talking into a mic you're on this main stage it's like 30,000 people you can't hear what you're saying you can hear that it's going out but you you can't it's not like me and you having this conversation right now I, you know we, we can hear I can hear what I'm saying I think we can give the listener an example of how this sounds I'm gonna turn down your mic and you're gonna keep telling the story I'll turn it I'll turn it on again you you start yeah, telling, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, start yeah, telling yeah, me what it was good. like on That's the on, on the main stage. Yeah. Trying to talk, people like this, and you can't really you you can't hear you can't hear yourself. Even now, it's really throwing me that like I can't. But a little bit of it you can hear, just you know, a little bit. Yeah, but just enough to know it's going like this. So what you end up doing is you end up overcompensating by screaming into the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> I think I saw a few people put their like fingers in their ears because I saw. I, I don't know if I do it now. I'm gonna make my vo- my voice even worse. But I just sort of come out and I just be like. Hey, there's Fonzie, you all right? Everybody all right? And like, yes, we can hear you, right? Because microphones have been invented. So for these exact occasions when you need to speak to a lot of people in a large area, microphones are specifically be created to amplify your voice so that you don't have to scream into the mic. And it's fair to say on a big setup like that, they have set everything up. So they're like, the one thing Dev doesn't have to do or any presenter is strain their voice. Yeah. And you came out there and mashed up everybody's ears. Yeah, and here and here we are. So as well as doing those bits, I also did a radio show with Alice. Mm-hmm. We did, uh, and Kel Sperman, we did a little six to eight, played out some live music, had uh, Craig David on the show, the lovely Jessie Ware as well. She does a really good podcast. Listen to that one, Table mm-hmm. Manners with our mum. What's it about? Really, really good. It's just about any and everything, really. I cool. think it started off just being a sort of general etiquette one, but it's, I don't know, it's really, it's pretty cool. Cool. Check it out. Try out table should, I, should, should I be plugging other people's? That's two oh, podcasts other on. than your own that I've now plugged. Crack on, your- <laughs> crack on, Dev. That's all right. Yeah. So what was, the, what was it like? The vibe was it good? Like because you've done a few week, big weekends. I know you're going to say it's like it was amazing, but you know, was it the biggest weekend you've been on? Really? Or was it just big in terms of coverage? So I, I tell you what I really like about doing these type of events is when you're on the radio, you're in a studio. You don't see your audience. You don't see who you're talking to. But when you go to these places, like, you know, somebody, some, sometimes it's in a corner of the UK and you see your listeners, you see how they react to you know, the music and the artists and you do feel like, uh, even if it's on uh, some very small part, that you are a part of these people's lives. And for a lot of them, they're fans of Radio 1 and some of them are fans of you as well. Listen to your show, so I have to be really disgusted and wipe my nose. He's got those party bogies. Oh, really? So I should have leant back and done that. Somewhere. Sorry, everybody. Hang on, let me just blow my nose. Oh, so disgusting! I was trying to be all sincere and heartfelt there, and I ruined it. <laughs> like everything else in my life. Um, yeah, and it's different when you're looking into the faces of the people that you talk to all the time. Yeah, that's cool. Um, there was a wedding reception going on at the hotel we were staying at. Sick. And one of the guys, one of the guys had recognised me when I was going into the hotel, and he became like my, became like my little hype man. So every time I'd walk out of the hotel, he just he'd say something, 
So at one point I walked out and he just, as I was walking away, just went, absolute legend. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, as, as I went back in, he was like, go on, Dev. <laughs> <laughs> so man, I need, this, I, I need this guy to stand outside my house every time I leave, just be like, go on, Dev. Yeah. I'm like, yes, yeah. Yes. I'll just be ready for the day or energized. But, um, you know, it, it, it's amazing, man. Like it is work. You know, I do feel like I'm working. I'm not stood out there watching 20 different acts and you know I might get a chance to see somebody for a few minutes side of stage but you know I'm there to do a job I'm there to try and uh, uh, to try and observe as much as I can and then I guess that doesn't really make sense what I said but I'm, I'm supposed to be there to deliver a show for people who are listening you know people who can't actually be there I need to be able to kind of tell them like paint pictures and you know can remember that it is a radio show and people are listening so who's it, who's it you said you got to see from the side of stage? You get to see a few bits and bobs? I will see a few. I see a little bit of Anne-Marie. Mm. I like Anne-Marie. I re- mm. I'm really into the idea. Do you know she's a black belt in karate? Wow. Yeah. I'm really into the idea of dating somebody that could kick the shit out of like half, most, like half the room of most of the places you walk into. I just, uh, I don't know, that just really, that just really does it for me. Being with somebody that could fuck you up at a moment's notice. Yeah, well, not me necessarily. <laughs> I don't mean me. I'd like I could start shit. I could be in bars or something like that, and just walk up to blokes and be like, like tap them on the shoulder, like, "Oi, see my girl over there? She kicked the shit out of you." <laughs> He'd be like, "What?" Be like, yeah, kick your fucking head off, mate. Do you want to go right now outside? My girl, fucking kill you, mate. Let's go. I'd love that. I would love that. Um, I do that quite a lot, you know. When I develop crushes on people i don't just think oh i quite like them i play out whole scenarios like feature length scenarios in my brain about what it would be like to date that person i also did it with um grace from clean bandit Mm-hmm. okay i was staring at her and just sort of thinking i wonder what our relationship would be like and i mean i don't know i've not, well, I know, so i've met her once before i've interviewed her. she was very very lovely i'm just sort of just adding a bit of conjecture as to what I think the relationship would be like. I don't think we would get we would get on very well. I don't think we'd have very much in common. Why? Why is that? I don't know. I'm just this is just conjecture. Like I say, this yeah. is made up fantasies in my brain. I don't know why I think any of this, but it's just playing out in my brain. I think we'd have possibly separate beds. Um, we'd be like go to bed at the same time. We'd read books side by side, whatever. No intimacy whatsoever. No intimacy. Uh, I might try every now and then. I'd sort of like you know maybe rub her leg a little bit. She'd be like, stop it. <laughs> fucking animal stop it it was no before and it's no again you're always like this like, come on just a little bit come on, come on you know like married couples in carry on films mm. do you know there was never any fucking going on was there it was so frustrating like even as even as an adolescent like watching those films just thinking why don't they, you, they always get close they always get really really close to a little bit of you know but you're never rumpy pumpy yeah a little bit hanky panky but they never actually get laid so that's what we'd be like we would be like a carry on Married couples, so we'd have our own caravan in holiday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there'd be plenty of mishaps there. She'd she'd really disapprove of all my friends as well. That's that's what I got going. Why is it even in my own fantasy I can't be happy? <laughs> <laughs> is this saying a lot about yourself? I'm just I'm just leaning into this, taking this in. Why can't I be happy? Even if I when I can make her whatever I want, that is where my brain went to. Living oh, well. in separate beds. Oh, well. No, it's her loss. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, Dev, back to the podcasting. I mean, you said he's, he's sneezing again. I'm Bless really him. Sorry, appreciate, really, bro. I appreciate I'm you taking really, the time I, to come down here I'm when you're on the edge of mic. death. 
Thanks, man. Whoever's on mic two next time they're here. I actually only came in case I keel over. Someone's here to resuscitate <laughs> me. Fucking put, responsibility. Put me, in, put me in a recovery position. Rest Call the emergency it. services. Yeah, not far from a hospital. You're in the right place, mate. So podcast-wise, um, guests. You said, because you, you've had some great guests already. They've been powerful, been interesting listens. They've been timed when you want to time them. You've been busy, though, yeah. doing other bits as well. Yeah. Quite a bit of TV stuff as well between now and then. Now and when we last spoke as well, right? Yeah, so um, I'm working on a... I'm working on a bunch of uh, documentaries. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to to say what they are before they come out. It's good uh, press. Usually people do that. It is. What have I done since? What have I done since? Uh, since I was on there last. Oh, I did the one show since, mm. I, since, I, was, since I was on there last. That yeah. was that was amazing. So surreal. So you you probably have listeners outside of the UK. Hundred percent. Like, yeah. We've got a very strong LA following, so, so we can describe to them what the one show is. So I guess the one show is. BBC One's flagship like evening for I would no, not variety show I wouldn't say that um, sort of light news current affairs uh, we we do jump around like, look me we I've I've done the show like once I'm like we here at the one show uh, <laughs> uh, so they they sort of like jump around subjects quite a lot they have the odd contributor video and um, so i I'd, I'd never even thought that it would be possible for me to pop up on a show like that and i've been presenting for years but i mainly do radio i do bits and bits bits and pieces of tv but um i guess since i did master chef last year that's kind of upped my profile a little bit and it's opened a lot of doors for me as well and it's so weird that even though i i've been doing this since i'm i'm 33 now i've been doing this since i was 17 and i'm only just working out how it, how this all works so why would there just be some random guy off the radio pop up on the one show, you know? Like, why would that... That wouldn't really make sense to an audience. Whereas now that I've done the, the, the MasterChef thing, up to my profile, it all gets you out. It got, got me a lot of mum love, man. Really? Oh, a lot of mum love. What's mum love? What's mum love like? Mum love is this, yeah? So you'll be out and about minding your own business and some really hot woman will come up to you and she'll walk right up to you, maybe touch you on the arm and go, excuse me, can I just say, my mum really likes you. Yeah. <laughs> And then she'll walk off. Like, oh, okay, thanks. Mum loves good. Mum loves strong love, yeah, mom, though, bro. Listen, mum I'll love take, is I'll, good love. I'll take any love. So mum love is really good. I got a lot of DMs slided as well when I was on TV. That was interesting. From just randoms, man. Really? Yeah. I've only done it a couple of times. I've only slid into DMs a few times. Um, but I noticed a significant increase. What was the style of DM slidage? Oh, always polite, but always like sort of the same thing. Like, oh, you seen anybody? Oh, I think you're quite fit. Let's go for a drink sometime. Fortunately, I was dating somebody at the time. I'm not now, so I'm just saying if you would like to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying if you would like to re-slide. Like, yeah. those if you like to rekindle what that. What's happened to me? I can't believe I'm using your podcast now as a chance to try and shout out, it's, to try and get laid. This today, it's already been a platform for a few podcasts. Yeah. It's been a platform for some lovemaking it's as awful, well. Awful, awful. What, but how many messages into the sort of are you single? Are people jumping straight in to that? Yeah, I think women are a lot more tactful with their DMs, aren't they? Mm. So guys will, for, for a lot of guys, because you're not having a face-to-face -face interaction, with somebody whose DMs you're sliding into, if it's like an Insta model or just somebody you think is quite pretty, they say things you would never say to a girl in real life. You wouldn't go out to a girl and be like, show me your tits, LOL. <laughs> like, what, what's the best response that you're expecting from that? So 
in my experience, like certainly the DMs that I've been saying, women are like way more just cool about it, just normal. You know, like hey, like you know, I think you're like quite attractive. Do you want to go for a drink? Or oh, hey, are you seeing anybody? Like that's you know, that's that's cool, isn't it? That's yeah. Nice. I think that's nice. I don't know. I thought it might be something creative. Like, oh, it's really good how you cook that food. Are you single? Mm, yeah, you yeah, know what? Like that. You know what? Maybe there was a few like that. Yeah. Sort of did the the the, the, the sly introduction. Just oh, you know, I just thought you were really good. On uh, by the way, you were uh, you see anybody? <laughs> but again, just it's better than sending a nude, just, just like the oversheen emoji or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And water splash emoji. I really worry about that, man. I really do. I really worry that. Because young people, because so much of their interaction isn't face to face, I wonder how it's going to affect their communication in the future. Face to face communication is, and spoken communication is so important. I, I, I think about again. It's going to make me sound old, but I remember when MSN Messenger first came about. Right? Think WhatsApp, but on your computer for your under eighteen listeners. Microsoft Network Messenger. Yeah. So. What I realized is I would speak to girls I fancied on MSN. I wouldn't say half the things I said on MSN to them in real life. You, you're a bit braver, aren't you? Because, I mean, if you say something, say you shoot your shot and they shoot you down, you don't have to kind of deal with that rejection firsthand. You can almost just turn your computer off and go, oh, that's not real. <laughs> um, but the other thing you can do is you can take time in your response because it's not a real-time conversation. You know, if I ask you a question right now, like what's... Um, What's the capital of Iran? You can I look it know. up. You can sound smart. You can reference stuff. Like you can become, you can become, you, you can be in control of your personality. And you, you can't really, uh, to some extent, you can't really do that face to face. You have little tells, little signs, little things that give you away your body language. All these things that people can pick up off on you when you're having a face to face conversation. But if it's just, if it's just being written all the time, constantly, constantly, not face to face, it's done through devices. I don't know, I worry, man. I wonder. I worry what the communication is going to be like. It's changing, though. Like I'm, I'm not in. I'm not really feeling for or against. I just noticed the change in like the way people can. I feel like people have got less. Let's use the um, chatting up example because that's where it came from. I feel like people have got less game, and I feel that's from men and women. I've seen interactions in clubs and stuff. I've seen the way people try and talk to each other when they like each other, and, and there's just a little bit less finesse in it. And that's because there's less on the line because really, if you go out and you don't pull, you can just jump on Tinder and get busy. Whereas back in the day, there was no WhatsApp. Yeah, you know, texting was was a thing that people did a bit, but you couldn't really run mad game on text messages. So when you came in the club and you were talking, you had to come correct. You had to look correct, smell correct. Everything had to be great. You had to leave that lasting impression and then you have to do it all again at the at the first proper date. Oh, it was, oh, it, was it was brutal. It's definitely more hard work. Um, that's one thing I think we should be thankful to Love Island for. Is they <laughs> they they reintroduced the idea of grafting. Yeah, they brought that back. Yeah, they brought back the idea that oh no, you got put in some work to run game. Yeah, you can't just show up and be like yeah, you know, get your dick out or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, you got you can't just turn up and say hey, I used to be in Blazing Squad. But I don't like to talk about it. Hey, I used to be in Blazing Squad, but I don't like to talk about it. Hey, I really don't like talking about it, but I was in this band called Blazing Squad. <laughs> it's coming back, actually. I'm not trying to avoid that. Uh, Love Island. As much as possible, yeah. Yes. I can't look at stuff like that. I can't do too much I did that. get sucked in a little bit. Um, 
Some of those trashy shows I get sucked in. That X on the Beach. No, no. A couple fact. seasons ago, that got me. Really? Just because it it's putting people in such an unnatural, not only unnatural, but unlikely scenario that you would be hanging out with somebody that you fancy and like three of the people that you used to date show up and live in the same house as you. Oh, whilst they're also fucking other people that you've been hanging out with. That just... just it's so much unnecessary drama that like how can I not watch? How can I not watch that? It sounds like hell. To yeah. Like, I've shown up to parties on my own and seen an ex-girlfriend there and been like, oh, for fuck's sake, man. Let alone if I'm with somebody and there's three exes in the same party. Jesus. If you had to be on one of these shows, Dev, which one would it be? I get, I get asked it sometimes, you know. Sometimes requests come through to management to be on. Some of these type of shows. You got to tell me one of the ones you said no to, though. Um, any of the dancing ones. I'm not. You've been asked to do a dancing one. Maybe. <laughs> Thing is, it 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 can maybe it, have maybe <laughs> I have it. A dancing show has the power to elevate or really push push you in the other direction, all depending on on how you perform on that dance floor, bruv. It's it's a big stage, you know, with a lot of potential. I just do you know what it is? I can't do with those shows, the dancing ones. I can't do the outfits, man. I can't do it. I can't do it. That much glitter. That many sequins. No, it's not. I'll do glitter. I'll do sequins there. I'm not really bothered about that. It's the sort of like, you know, two-tone, half-cut leotard <laughs> thing that I have going on and the ruffles and I just, ah. Uh, and know, standing there nervous. Yeah. Wearing that. Yeah. Like, do, you know, do you know what? Do you know what image puts me off? What image puts me off doing it is I'd, I'd obviously be at home watching it once it's gone out I might watch it with like my family and this is the image that stops me from doing it it's that bit after like don't get me wrong I think the people who go on there and do really well it is amazing yeah and you, they, they, there's a lot of people who get really good like as the, as the as the journey goes along and it's obviously very very popular but the image of me just finished my dance routine I'm there just about to get you know marked I'm all out of breath <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> got my ruffles on or whatever uh, arm around my partner just sort of waiting for the that's image I'd be at home watching that going uh, yeah yeah uh, <laughs> he could have waited the bead of sweat dripping he, down your forehead as you look at look at the judges <sighs> you could have waited out I just here's the other thing I I don't know where in my career I would go after that where would I go after and I feel like you know, a lot of times with, with certain shows, say a Celebrity Big Brother, I'm not saying I'm like big enough to be on Celebrity Big Brother, I'm just saying say something like that. Afterwards, I feel like that's all you ever get referred to as. It doesn't matter what type of career you've had beforehand. Sometimes you just become, oh, so-and-so from Big Brother, so-and-so from Celebrity Big Brother. The other massive reason I probably couldn't be on a show like that is I don't think I could pretend to be a cool, normal person for period of time i would i'd i'd i got too i have too many mood swings i too i don't know too many dark thoughts i don't know if i should be even being sometimes i feel like being on your podcast sometimes is a much of a liability let alone if this was broadcast 24 hours a day jeez there have been consequences of of, of guests saying things on podcasts but bruv that's the way the do, world is do i sound too bunged up and horrible by the way and Peter, am I, do you reckon I'm really putting people off no you're right I mean, sometimes when you have a cold or you're just a bit run down you sound kind of sexy in it like sometimes it goes but oh, I like your raspy voice sometimes you just sound like a fucking horrible troll I don't know which one it is 
What's this? What? What was that? It's just a bit of reverb when you sneeze. I thought it sounded quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes it kind of classic. That's it's a classic vibe. Um, I know what you could be on that wouldn't do that, and I'd love to watch you on it because you never really know how people will perform. Bear grills. Oh, see, that I would love to do. Something like survival, you know, build a little fucking fort, making fire. Yeah. That and sort of thing. Not I'd like the group show, do. the one on one, because you get some grills time. Oh, you right. know, he takes you. He takes you out under his wing. You eat that rodent or snake or yeah. creature you're meant to together. Yeah, no, you know what? I'd, nah, nah. I'd, you wouldn't want to get close to bear and just talk to the grills for a little while. Yeah, you know what? You're right, but we we would fall out when it. Like I'm not eat. I'm not eating any. I'm not eating any grubs. I'm not drinking my own piss. Right? Not. My, in fact, that's my new I love that everyone goes default for the piss drink. Yeah, it? I was trying not to. Right? I know it's low hanging fruit. I was trying not to go for it, right? But sometimes, you know what? Low hanging fruit, mm, oh, it's so delicious. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'd have to, I'd have to draw the line there. Same as I'm, um, well, I wouldn't want to do the, uh, the, the jungle. I'm a celeb. Get me out of here because of the grubs. I would do the, you know, go into the pit with maggots and snakes. I'd do that. Yeah, but I'm not all the like fucking koala bollock or whatever and grubs again all of that I wouldn't go for that nah couldn't do it don't you think you'd learn something off the grills though if you were chilling with Bear he'd yeah. teach you some real life survival skills and you want a friend yeah, like I that yeah I would do that alright yeah no you're right you've you want a mate like that you've taught me into it I would do that I have a feeling that in life you need certain types of friends and having a friend that could survive the world ending and there being no He'd be resources. A good person to know, in it. He's He'd a sort of know bear girls. He's a sort of guy. I could just imagine you're chilling in a bunker, and it comes through on the news that you know the world is a, is you know we are now entering the apocalypse. Right? There's going to be no electricity. We're just going to have to live off the land. And Bear will just go. Oh, all right, I'll just start a fire then. Put the kettle on. Like he would just would not nah, be phased. You know, you know why he wouldn't be? Actually, you no, know, I changed my mind. You know why he wouldn't be a good person to know? Why in the apocalypse? Because Everyone would be trying to find Bear Grylls. If you lived like on the same street as Bear, you'd be trying to find him. Everyone be all his all his famous friends that'll be trying to track him down. Oh, 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 but Bear will know what to do. You know, you want you want like the YouTube version of Bear Grylls who's just starting out. He has all the skills, just not the following. Somebody with like you know 75, 75 followers on YouTube puts up his little survival, knows what he's doing, but just you know, and got a very good social media presence. That's who you want. A lot of effort finding someone like that. Yeah, you're right. You want, especially you want in the apocalypse where there'll be no internet can I eat a little bit crack on it's going to make my, verse, my mouth really dry but. Uh, we've got some great stuff coming up here at How to Kill an Hour while Dev is having a drink I will let you know that if you'd like to join our tribe follow us join the family and find out about some fucking cool shit that we've got coming up just for you really I don't win out of it you win out of it go to howtokillanhour.com forward slash fam that's short for family join us pretty cool oh and with GDPR savvy as well Fuck all that GDPR bollocks. What's that? The GDPR. You know, you got all the emails saying, oh, hi, just letting you, you have been in your inbox over the last week. Oh, we're like changing our privacy yeah, policy. Yeah, that's the GDPR situation. Basically, there's been some laws that have changed the way in which you can handle people's data. And a lot of companies thought that they'd have to send an email out that told you not only that they were changing their privacy policies, which they needed to do, but they also thought they had to give you the option to opt out. Oh, opt in and if you didn't opt in they had to automatically be opt out and, and when you send emails like that you lose like 90% of your audience um, so there are a lot of people going I've got one more fucking GDPR email do you know what I am um, 
they've worn me down with that stuff. I just agree to everything now. <laughs> if it's with changing settings, do you agree? Terms and conditions, you just, yeah. Can whatever, we put man. a camera in your toilet facing upwards? I don't upwards? care. I don't care. Whatever. There's a, there's a South Park episode about that, about agreeing to Apple's uh, terms and conditions. And Kyle ends up becoming a human sentai pad um, with a Japanese guy sewn to the front of his mouth and a white woman sewn to his ass. And I, I, I wouldn't care. Now I don't care. They've worn me down. There's so much. It's, I don't care. Whatever, 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 whatever your new policy is, don't care. What, what are you doing? You're so punching mean, kittens in the face yeah. to make these new phones. Don't care. All right. Cool. Cool by me. I'm, Just got, leave me alone. I've got some policies for you, boy. Yeah. Let me send you some emails. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. So the one thing we don't talk about on the show that much is your music stuff. I know you've been busy, so this might be a really short answer of I'm not doing much, but what's happening with the music <laughs> side of things, bro? Um, so I've been making a lot of music with... I've been making a lot of music with a mate of mine. I guess I'm try, trying to sort of split that side of things into two. One is my sort of house techie vibe that I'm on. If I hit up Funk the other day, we're supposed to, yes. we're supposed to get together very you soon. You've been, you've been saying that. that for a long time. I have been telling to get you to together. get together. A dev collaboration with Funk Butcher is well yeah. overdue. So I, I put, I've been putting music out under a pseudonym for a while. Um, but with the stuff I've been doing, my power, what we want to do is get, we haven't really got the time to kind of spend 12 hours in the studio every day. And so what we're trying to do is work smart rather than work hard. Uh, so we're trying to put together a, a bunch of tunes so that once we get the ball rolling, we can just keep dipping into our little pool of tunes and like pulling stuff forward rather than having to go to the studio every time we want to have something new. Uh, the other the other thing, I'll tell you who I've really been inspired by the last year or so, Still Bangles. So UK-based producer Still Bangles. I think... All right, so I, I only heard about him the last year or so. I know he's been around for a very long time. I only heard about, uh, about him the last year or so. Just his work rate, but also this sound that he has. Very now, sounds to me very UK. And he's like, I, I can't think of the last UK producer that was in, in, in almost like an artist themselves. Not, you know, say like, you know, 
it's no disrespect to, to other artists, but say like a Timberland or a Pharrell, you know them for being producers. Not re- or like uh, that, that's sort of unheard of to me. That like just off the top of my head, I'm thinking, say like a Dreddy, for example. He's from he's the only other producer from the UK that I can think of that is kind of transcended producer and is now an artist in their own right. So I've been quite inspired by him. So I've been trying to make, I guess I've been trying to make stuff that I would, I would listen to like R and B hip hop wise, the kind of stuff that I would listen to when I was about 14 or 15. That's, that's what I basically be trying to make. Yeah. What, what is that sound though, man? I don't know. Like this is the kind of stuff that maybe Aaliyah would sing on or, I just have to play some. I just have to play some stuff. I'm sorry, it's a really shitty answer. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is the play to you, man. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like, it's, they're, they're they're just two very very different types of music that I'm I'm um, making at the moment. But uh, I haven't really had that time to be very creative in the last month or so. Last month has, has been pretty full on and pretty busy for me. Okay. Well, our listeners do like tech. And it's fair to say we use technology to make music a lot. And I won't bore you, listener, having to hear the whole of of Dev's technical setup. But I'd love to love you to share with the audience just like one of the things that you use that that you have as like a little gem in the studio. Everyone has their own thing. Like, oh, I love that. I love to have that in the studio. I mean, what's your what's your thing? What's your little gem? Um, probably it's been out for a while. The Machine Two mm. or, or Machina, <laughs> if um. If you're German, I think that's how they say it. Yeah, yeah. Machina. 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 Oh, yeah. So I first learned how to make music on an MPC 2000. Mm-hmm. So my friend had given it to me. And what? Your friend gave you one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck kind of friend is that? I know, I know. A very good friend. That's the kind of friend I want on my team. Fuck yeah. Bear Grylls. I know. Yeah. So he gave me his MPC. He was like, look, I don't know how to use it. And I'm giving away some of my music stuff. Jesus. So like, I, I took it and it had, I think, I might be talking shit here, but initially it has default 17 seconds of sample time on it um and then what you can do is you can get upgraded you can get another chip put in there that puts it up to that a lot more anyway i got like so i got i got this chip new chip put in it um and you needed to get it i need to order a scuzzy zip drive off of ebay as well in order to save down the work this is a, this is a long time ago and right? this is like good it's like 15 years ago maybe maybe longer and um no 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 maybe not longer. anyway it's not important so I learned how to make beats on the MPC, and what I like is that machine is rem- is very reminiscent of the MPC. It's very like hands on, and you, you drum using your hands and stuff. But it's integrated with some of the software, and it's just um, when you're completely stuck for ideas, if you just want to jam stuff out, I I really like using my hands to make music. So I don't really sit there and you know, I don't like clicking drum parts and stuff into place i like playing out the different drum parts i like that it has a sort of human feel especially with percussion and stuff like that i feel like i've lost you i feel like your eyes have glazed over a little bit <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with you i'm with you um i'm just it's been was, it's, it's not was, a secret bit of kit every like loads of people know I was, about I was, it i was machina. thinking too, too. i was i was thinking <laughs> machina uh what is it but i think i was just thinking <laughs> um that it's quite interesting because Funk Butcher also is very open about using this as his tool, the machine. It's very popular, and and when you're looking at technology nowadays, and, and you and like you can think about this when you want to make anything that works. It's all about the ecosystem and what native instruments have done. The people that have created the machine is that they've not just given you a good bit of kit or a good bit of software. It's the kit is built for the software. The software is built for the kit. And like Dev said, if you're stuck, if you can't play. A piano, a piano is very intimidating 
if you can't play the drums, a machine is less intimidating and the learning curve is very easy. Like I've fucked with a machine too. And yeah, you've got to sit down and read certain bits if you need to, or some people just take to it easily because like you've used an MPC in the past. But yeah, man, it's all about the ecosystem. And I think they've got their ecosystem. I'm going to go as far as to say, I don't think anyone else has got an ecosystem with software and hardware like that. And now that they've got keyboards as well that work with the machine, it's fucking nuts, man. Yeah, I, I, I do feel... Like I, I don't know, I don't, I don't like to rely too much on hardware in order to, to 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 make music. But there are there are a few kind of go tos that I quite like. But I think if you're just starting out, don't spend loads of money on equipment because you might get bored. Well, there's also a, a machine a one, yeah, and there's a machine two and a three. So yeah. you know, and there's a mini one, there's a miniature version yeah. as well that you can get. But yeah, if you if you just get into it, I wouldn't spend loads of money. I'd get yourself a laptop, get some software legally, and um. Uh, yeah, then decide where you're at. I mean, I've been producing for years and there's there's still a limit to how much I will spend on equipment. I don't think you need to spend that much nowadays. No. I'll tell you what, um, I'll tell you what I did get that. At first I was really excited about it and then I didn't, and then I'm not, not really using it that one. What was it? It's the a TR1 Roland drum machine. Mm -hmm. Really good for, what I wanted to, to, to try and do is to try and learn how to play live house music. So, you know, making beats on the fly and then try and, I don't know, maybe incorporate that into DJing. It's qu there's quite a few artists who do that, but um, I just, I just I don't have the time mm. <laughs> to get really, really good at something like that. Just the amount of dedication and, and, and time it sort of takes is, yeah. I need to, I need to go and disappear and go live in a cottage out in the woods for like three months or something and master how I'd be able to do that. But that's, a, that's another really cool bit of kit. It's okay. like a, it's all very visual, uh, uh, drum machine step sequencer or whatever um, yeah that's a nice little bit of kit as well I'll take my jumper off so I'm really sweaty yeah cool um, so Dev why are you taking your jumper off and throwing your phone on the floor like that um, you've been back in the gaming world you did abstain for a while and we had a little chat before we pressed record about a, a relatively new release Hard to Kill an Hour we're down with finding new ways to kill time sharing it with you the audience and finding New ways to kill time is real easy when someone's been killing some time in a way that you haven't. So, what have you been playing, man? Well, I had to stop playing for quite a long time because. Be honest, why though? This is really good because I, I I respect your willpower here. Yeah, um, it feels so weird to talk about, right? Because it feels ridiculous. But I'm I'm addicted to computer games. I'm totally addicted. I get fully immersed. I don't believe I I don't really play like oh I'll play for an hour, two hours. I'm like, no, I want to play it until I can't keep my fucking eyes open. I just want to keep playing. And it's weird if I said to somebody, oh, I stopped drinking. And I, oh, why? Oh, you know, it became a bit of a problem for me. People go, oh, well done. If you say about computer games, people are like, if I say, oh, yeah, I had to stop playing computer games, people kind of look at you blankly like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm... So did I when I was 18, bitch. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's, not, it's not as damaging as, say, a drug addiction. But I tell you what it really robs you of is, like, time robs you of time and productivity and it's a lot of time that you don't really get back so it's all well and good if you and your mates are playing say like a couple hours like a few times a week but if you were like me and you get into a game so much that that's all you want to fucking do is just spend hours and hours and hours on it every single day every chance that you get fucking waking up early before i gotta leave to go work so i can get in a few hours it just got it just got really ridiculous and it got really out of hand and i also get so invested <laughs> I get so invested in those games that I just find it really hard to draw myself out. You know when I felt the real switch 
when I got my first pair of surround sound headphones to, to go with my Xbox. That was when it went from, visually it's always been stunning, but when you put on those headphones, man, you sit in front of the TV, dim the lights a little bit, you can you know, you hear little footsteps behind you and stuff, and you know, just you feel like you you're really there. That's when it became that's when it became like I, I really got into that. I like that escape. You know, the end of a long day or whatever, you just come home, put your headphones on, just dive like dive into a game like Fallout. You know, you're in this derelict wasteland just scavenging for fucking tin cans and shit. <laughs> for hours, mate, for hours I could do that. Um, but I did just jump back in and I decided, right, I'm going to only pick up games that I know I can play and I can just put straight back down again. There was a game that came out a few years ago, State of Decay. It was about zombie apocalypse. You can sort of see a theme here in it, the games that I'm into. <laughs> and they just brought out the second one. And it's pretty good. It's a lot like the first, I'll, I'll be honest. They've polished it up a little bit. When you say a lot like the first, do you mind explaining to me as someone who's not a State of Decay player? I mean, it does get a little bit repetitive so a lot of what you're doing involves going out into the wasteland finding resources like food and ammunition and medical supplies and then bringing them back to your base what is quite cool though is this time around they've added in they've added in little ex extra elements that make it feel more like a zombie apocalypse like more, it feels more realistic so for example there are other groups of survivors you can find other survivors and bring them back to your base but there's other groups of survivors. Some of them are cool, so you'll trade with them. Some of them are fucking assholes, man, and they'll just like shoot at you for no reason or they'll become hostile. But what is so good about this game is when your character dies, they're dead. Don't bring them back. They're dead. Like, they're just gone. So you can have, a, say, like a group of five people and you get really attached to, say, like one of them and you make them your leader and you're going out and you're doing a mission and you get stuck and you ain't got no painkillers or whatever and you die your player dies they're dead that's it there's no continue there's no like bring them back like no they're dead so you kind of you you the characters even mourn them in the game you know morale dips it's um they, they've i think they've thought so much more about okay so if it's the actual zombie apocalypse what what are the kind of what are the kind of things that are really gonna resonate with people and that when you I certainly get really invested in a lot of those characters in those games. And, and I had a moment where I'd only been playing it for a few hours and I'd gone to go meet some new survivors in the game and they shot at one of my characters and they killed her, man. They killed her. It's really upsetting. It was really, for a, for a good day, I was a bit annoyed about that. You mourned, yeah. you mourned a computer character? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I mourned a pixelated woman um, after she got shot at. And you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what I actually said to myself at the end of the day? So you know what? At least she wasn't eaten by zombies. At least it was quick. <laughs> she was a headshot. Bat. So gone. Let me just get this right. She didn't when, suffer. When when the main protagonist dies or, or the character that you're using dies, do you start again or do you start playing as another you character? You start playing with another character in your okay, group. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's not that bad then, is it? I mean, <laughs> I, uh, you know, they have improved on it a lot, but it is quite reminiscent of the first one. It is right. it's a little bit repetitive. Here's the other thing. Is... It's a bit stressful. So when you're out and you're searching houses and you're using your torch, you have to search each, each individual room. Sometimes there's a zombie hiding under the bed or whatever, or one that'll just like jump out. Or there's types of zombies that can like fuck you up if you're on your own. So there's like feral zombies, for example. And um, 
you get this sort of panic when you're out doing stuff and your heart's going and you have to keep morale high within the group and if the morale drops and they start arguing and then you know food drops and if the food runs out then your players are going to start to starve and when I go back to what I said before I like to get immersed in a game as a form of escape if I'm escaping to a game that's just fucking stressing me out even more like we're running out of food and somebody's banging at the door we're all gonna die oh my god oh fuck Sharon just got shot in the fucking head oh my god like, it doesn't I'll, I'll level you even though I'm enjoying playing there's a lot of times I'm like this isn't relaxing at all <laughs> this is really stressful it's really it's, it's very stressful yeah, sorry, um, you mentioned feral zombies and stuff so I take it there are zombies that are really fast and like 28 days later style zombies and there are some yeah. that are like Resident Evil. Yeah, they they got a good mixture in there of the slow walker ones, the ones that kind of run after you. But what I like though is apart from the feral one, they're not very dexterous. So you can move out of the way last minute and that, that annoys me in those 28 day later zombie films is when they have superhuman powers. Like dexterous, agile zombies like running upstairs or whatever and cutting around corners. I'm like, no, fuck off. No. At best, they could like get up to a gallop, but they're not going to be, you know, you just do a little, like quick little dodge, like a quick, quick mm. little dodge. You, they're going to fall over. They're not going to be able to, brain's not quick enough to, so I like how they've, they've incorporated that. They've got these feral ones that fuck you up, man. Like they dodge, they can dodge gunfire, does what? This, yeah, it does this like sweep attack where it like sweeps you off your feet and then jumps on top of you, starts mauling you. Um, and then they have a big one called a juggernaut. It's like this massive one that can smash up your car. And yeah, it's, 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 it's really good, man. It's, it, it's very enjoyable. If you get bitten, do you definitely turn into a zombie then? No. So what they've done in this one is they, they've introduced something called the blood plague. So if you get scratched or something, you'll be all right. But if you get attacked too much, you have a temperature uh, meter that builds up and if that gets too high, you get the blood plague. But you can build an antidote for the blood plague by picking up samples <laughs> from blood plague zombies. I'm a fucking nerd. Today. Listen to me. Listen to much. I know about this game. Blood plague zombies. <laughs> I've been playing for about a week and I, I thought I know everything. Jesus. If you were an addict... Imagine uh, I put this same level of... Into life. Just into anything. <laughs> any other constructive fucking project. Imagine I put the same level of effort into anything else. How successful would be. We're like... If you... I like playing computer games, man. I like it. I really fucking like it. It's really enjoyable to me. I have done since I was a little kid. I remember the first time my brother plugged in a fucking Commodore 64 and put in a cassette tape of Daily Thompson's Decathlon and I watched that shitty little pixelated man run across the screen. I was like, this is all I want to do with my life forever. Fuck school. Fuck a career. Fuck women and girlfriends. This is all I want to do. And that has been going off in the back of my head ever since that day mate spoken like a true addict now if you were an alcoholic if you were uh, a prescription drug user if you if you smoke crack i'd ask you what your biggest binge was what has been your biggest ever gaming binge oh, it's funny you should say that because me and me and my old flatmate we played skyrim mm -hmm. when it first came out we played that game like a couple of crackheads and by that i mean i would play until i was practically falling asleep i would hand the controller over to my flatmate i would sleep for about three or four hours he would carry on playing i would wake up take the controller off him and carry on playing i'm talking this went on 
this went on for about two or three days man we just we barely left the house most of it was just I'm, I'm just thinking about it now man really dark times i mean bar like pissing in jars and bottles and leaving it around us that's probably the closest i've ever come to like being a full-on fucking crackhead i was like should we go outside and do something or maybe we should take a break it's like nah nah we're really close to getting that new dragon bone armor set we just got to kill 18 more dragons. Let's keep playing. <laughs> Stupid. And I just played the last Fallout. So that was on my own. The last Fallout 4 when that came out. 26, 15, 16? Something 15, like that. yeah. I played that for 19 hours, man. Such a sick game. I counted it. I played that for 19 hours. And the only reason I stopped is because I couldn't keep my eyes open. I just fell asleep on the sofa. You know, it was daytime. I had the curtains drawn, like blanket over my shoulders, headphones on. About 10 inches away from the screen. <laughs> so into it, man. So into it. Dev. Thanks for sharing your honestness, though. Like, it's all right, a lot man. of people are like, yo, I game a little bit. Yeah. You know, not too much. But it's all right, man. It's not necessarily something I'm proud of, but, you know, I feel like with anything, if you start to have the first, first step dealing with a problem, Marcus, is admitting you have one. And mm. <laughs> you did actually say, I am Dev. And I am a computer game addict. What advice have you got for other people that play a little bit too many computer games? Get a girlfriend. No, I'm joking. Um, I don't know, man. Just don't let it become, don't let it become your go-to. Don't let it become, oh, I'm bored. I'm just going to turn on my computer for a couple of hours. Like, sort of make it, make make a point. Oh, okay, like maybe you got a few hours after work or something like that. I just, I don't think it should be one of those things you do every day. I think it should be an occasional thing. It should be like, It'd be like if you went to the gym like twice a day, every day. You'd be a, you know, you'd be a freak. I guess the difference with that is that you've actually got something to show for it. You probably look quite good. <laughs> but I don't, you know, what's, what's the, um, is it the uh, Hunter S. Thompson quote? Everything in moderation, including moderation. Yes. So yeah, that's my advice. It's a stolen quote from a <laughs> very uh, accomplished writer. Speaking of gym, you've been working out. I've been looking at your Instagrams. You've been doing some workouts. What's that about? Is that for, uh, for anything in particular? Is that just a life choice? I'll be continuing our theme of honesty. I go on holiday with two, two of my friends I go on holiday with are fucking massive. They go gym all the time and they look great. And when we went to Trinidad Carnival a couple of years ago, I'm not even joking to you, right? There were girls pushing me out of the way to get to them. And I've, ne- I've never been body conscious in my whole life, but I did start thinking, okay, all right, maybe it's time to try and step this up a little bit. The other thing is, as well as going away to Carnival this year, I was also running a marathon that um, I was supposed to be doing a lot of training for. You did all right for that though, didn't you? I did do all right for somebody who who you went to Carnival, went to Jamaica for two weeks, right? Went out every day, excuse me, went out every single day, every party. <laughs> and then... Like 10 days later after I got back, ran the London Marathon. Hottest one on record as well. Running four hours, 30, 58 seconds. Do you know how many people train all year yeah, I know. to go sub five yeah, I hours? I know. Your natural fitness level is mad. Not, you know what? I learned this recently. It's not, it's not my natural fitness level. I find out at least 60% of it is down to my genes. I'm actually doing a documentary at the moment about, I've had my genome sequenced yeah. and my DNA analyzed and at least 60% that shit is down to my genetics man so I can't even really take credit for it yeah that's your na- but, but what I mean by that is like your natural level of fitness is what I mean like people train all year like if I, I would train all year and I'd struggle to do that time. I, it was just stubbornness 
I just didn't, I knew that people knew that I didn't train that hard and I didn't want to look like an idiot. And my desire to try and to not look like an idiot has propelled me through some of my worst moments, you know, some of my lowest, some of my hardest moments. Just that I don't want to look like a fucking idiot in front of everybody. It's really, it's really, it's really helped as okay. sort of pig headed stubbornness has really carried me through a lot of my life. So if you could run a marathon sub five hours without any real training, now that you're in the gym smashing it up, are we going to be talking to Arnold Devonator soon? Or Nah, I'm not going to get big. I'm not going to get big. But you know what? Gym has become, it's become more of a metaphor for other things in my life now. Because I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to get up early in the morning and go to the gym. Mm. But I want to look good. Mm-hmm. So I want those benefits. I want that bit at the end, but I don't want the bit in the middle. I don't want to work for it. But you have to. You just have to. There's a lot of things that you have to get up and do. You don't necessarily want to do it, but it's a means to something that you do want. So when I do that, those mornings I get up, I make myself go to the gym. I feel ready for the day. I feel energized. I feel like, right, what's next? What else can I challenge myself? And even if I don't do anything else, for the rest of the day, I can say, well, I did that. I worked out this morning. I feel good. I feel much better about myself. And, you know, it's obviously no secret. It's well documented. Exercise is so good for your brain. And even just half an hour of exercise a day is so good for you. Um, and again, I that, I just use that as a metaphor. For, there's so many things in my life, like people, meetings I need to have, people I need to speak to, writing, um, all, these, all these things I don't really want to do, but I kind of want the bits that come with it, you know, so... You, 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 there's, there's so much you do you just have to you just have to fucking get on with it you know just get up and do it I feel fine once I'm there it's just getting up and going it's always a bit of a pull like that's what I tell people I mean, that's, that's why I go to the gym people are like why do you go I'm like because I want to look good when I back off my top and I don't yeah. want, I don't want to look fat yeah. and that's a word that people don't like me saying but I don't want to look fat what's wrong with saying that what's wrong with saying you don't want to look fat I believe that it's becoming a sensitive subject describing yourself or others as fat I'm from quite a big family right so is it Am I allowed to say whatever I want about fat people because I got... That's how I feel. And I was fat. I've got I've got big people in my family. So is it a little bit like yeah, I'm not I've racist? Got, I've got a big friend. Is it, I'm not racist. I've got my big, best friends are black. Yeah, I've yeah. got a big friend. Yeah. Yeah. You should see him. He's massive. Yeah, you should see him. He's massive, but we're and really cool. He's my best friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we're so cool. So I understand. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I get it, man. Like, I, The reason I go to the gym is so I can look, look good. Like, And even if I, right, I don't look sp- like Arnie all the time, but... If I didn't go to the gym, I'm very aware of what the consequences would be. And I don't know if you've noticed as well. Have you started noticing mates around you that don't look after themselves? They might be a little bit slightly less unfortunate with their genes, like, you know. And, you know, you can tell the people that smoke a lot, drink a lot, don't go to the gym, like all of those things together. I know, listen, everyone has their vices, do whatever, but doing all of that and not looking after your body, you can see it on some people. Like, Well, it's it become, it has become so trendy to work out yeah and i think it's so it's so aesthetic i thought about this so much that say 15 years ago your average british tourist pale skinny or you know a little beer girl or something now your average british person on holiday now it's fucking amazing Mm. and you know they're going gym five days a week just so that they can pull off that sort of look and it's not i don't even necessarily think it's for their health benefits, it's because you're going for a certain look. So, 25 years ago, you might have been into, say, grunge or metal. 
now you're into working out you're into going to the gym i think that's really good but it's it is also interesting to me that it's a, it's a look that people are going for it's not oh you know i want to eat exercise i want to eat well exercise so that i live longer it's not really that it's oh there's a look that i i'm, I'm trying to achieve very odd yeah and that's where you get into the people that go the wrong way with it and they do a whole load of mad stuff that kind of I'm not just talking about steads, you know, that makes you look good, but messes up your insides at the same time, mm. which I'd love to talk about next time you're here on the show, Dev. Yeah. Have we done an hour already? You've killed an hour, bruv. Fucking hell. Killed I an hour, have said man. anything. We've just been talking absolute shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I didn't press record. <laughs> oh, damn um, it. Yeah. That's why I can say this all again. I'll just change around the order. Yeah. <laughs> just to keep the interest for myself. Well, but um, Dev, what can we look forward to seeing you on? Just, I'd like you to share with the listener. Uh, so they can look out for you yeah. for uh, your next here. I'm time. I'm uh, back on the one show this Friday. Get in. Um, what, that, what date was that? Is that the first? I think it is Friday, first of June. First of June. I'm back on the one show, and then the new uh, weekend breakfast show starts on Radio One the fifteenth of June. That'll be uh, six a.m. on Friday the fifteenth of fifteenth uh, of June. We start the weekend breakfast show with my radio wife, the lovely Alice Levine. Um, I, I do have a couple docs coming up to plug, but mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not sure where they're gonna where they're gonna put them up. We just finished, we just finished. I just fin- finished filming for two. But I'm not sure where they're gonna put them up, man. So yeah, just watch me on the one show this Friday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the show, Dev. Thank you, man. Thank you for putting up with my raspy voice and my horrible block nose. Sorry about that. I'll be I'll be much better next time. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, that was alright. It wasn't that bad. Just just sneezing always has, re- always has reverb on it. <laughs> so, How to Kill an Hour. Make sure you go to howtokillanhour.com forward slash fam if you want to be involved in the stuffs that we are doing. We've got some great video content uh, coming up and I'm going to be throwing some axes soon. What video content us. have you got? We've got a computer game that we've played called Rage Justice that we spoke about on last week's episode. The video for it will be out now. I know that we had a little go before we uh, recorded today. Quick thoughts in 30 seconds, what you think of it? So it's like a remake, I guess, Streets of Rage, Final Fight, that sort of scrolling, beat em up thing. It was alright, it was alright. I'd play it for a bit. I'd play it for a bit. Better with friends, I reckon, rather than on my own. Defo, not a solo one. But yeah, so uh, yeah, that's coming up. And like I said, throwing some axes and some other scary stuff that you, the listener, will be able to be involved in. That's us scaring other people. I'll explain more in episodes to come. In the meantime, there's plenty of ways to kill some time out there. Thank you for killing some time with us. I've been Marcus. I've been Dev. See you later, Ravers. Don't know where that came from. Ravers. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.